feature presentation. Welcome to the 300th episode of Untitled Movie Reviews. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, are you ready to talk about evil? <laughs> yes, today on our 300th episode, we are reviewing Johannes Roberts' Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, <laughs> Eric, we always, I just thought of, again, uh, the Resident Evil franchise, uh, reboot, um, which, uh, will be premiering, uh, today, I guess, as, or maybe we'll post this the day before we'll see on Thanksgiving day, November the 22nd, uh, completely rebooting new characters, new casts has nothing to do with the Paul W.S. Anderson uh, movies. Even though he um, is an executive producer on this, but that's probably just in name only. Yeah, but still shot in Toronto. Yes. We well, gotta get specifically that out of the way. Sudbury and Hamilton. Oh, sorry. So the GTA and Sudbury. Yeah. And um, what better what better ghost town wasteland than Sudbury and Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> it works, baby. And um, I would I'll start by saying like a little bit more. Um, of an authentic kind of retelling of the actual plots from the video games. Cause I think one of the things about the WS Anderson resident evil movies, which I think are, are pretty bad. Um, we're in that era of video game movies. I guess it's probably the most successful video game franchise, at least in film form, but maybe not critically, but obviously there was seven, <laughs> seven of them or something. Wasn't yeah. there like six or seven? Um, I I played the Resident Evil games as a kid. I've played some of the newer ones, some of the remakes um, now as an adult. I wouldn't say I'm like a huge Resident Evil fan. Like You're not people, a, a res head. No, I'm not. But the, the res heads do really, really love this franchise. But it is one of those kind of ridiculous kind of zombie uh, monster franchises that I've had a blast playing throughout my life. Uh, but those W.S. Anderson movies, I felt like, never they took elements from all of the games like they obviously had umbrella and they had some of the monster designs but um the mansion plays a little bit of a part but like they kind of the train go, as well right yeah they kind of go off you know off the, the break rails. or off the off, off the rails for sure but off the game uh completely throughout that franchise even if they include certain things so i think what intrigued me about this one wasn't that it necessarily looked you know uh, like the quality was you know, that much higher than the W.S. Anderson movies, but it did look like they actually wanted to tell the story from the games, like from the trailer. It's like, oh, you're getting a bit of the Spencer mansion. Oh, you're getting the police station like and uh, we'll get into it. But I think that this movie um, and these are the first is, two games, right? Yeah. Like, like in combination. Yeah. I mean, to get right into it, um, uh, the movie kicks off with the Umbrella Corporation uh, kind of take on the way out of raccoon city basically um they performed experiments and basically ran this town for the longest time um but everyone's kind of taking up their work and leaving if you worked for the umbrella corporation and um you know the town starts getting infected um and as the people are leaving you they find out that the city is going to be bombed at 6 a.m so you have a cast that has uh, people straight from the game, so like Claire and Chris Redfield, you have Jill Valentine, you have Leon Kennedy, and basically it's a retelling of the first two Resident Evil games, basically in this movie. Um, 
not necessarily one for one, um, but pretty close to what those first two games are. Um, Eric, I know you're, you played, you said you played a little bit of Resident Evil when you were younger, didn't you? Or was that a different game? No, I was, I was, I, I mean, I I had, um, cause it was, it was a Capcom game for PlayStation. I had Mm -hmm. PS2, but I never really played Resident Evil. I was, my bad. I was more of an N64 guy, um, growing up, like, you know, at, at that age. Cause like what it was PlayStation the, the first playstation right? yeah the right. first playstation yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. no i but I, but i love horror movies and you know i've seen a number of johannes roberts movies now and it's interesting thinking um kind of how perfect he is for this because you look at 47 meters down and 47 meters uh unhinged and strangers pray at night um and all of those movies what they have in common and and, and this as well um, is that they're all single locations this with the exception it's almost like he takes a step up it's like i'm in the big leagues two now locations. because i get two <laughs> locations for the price of one and that also kind of hurts it because it's like you're just cutting back and forth between two static locations as it's an under siege kind of movie um but it's also kind of funny that it's just literally these two locations where you know characters are walking around rooms and you know basically padding out the runtime and and that's also a a very classic horror trope where you know characters will be you know walking around a dark room waiting for something to jump out at them and then the other thing that johannes roberts i think is starting to become known for is his music choices um whoever he's working with in in the music department for um, curating this soundtrack is is using a lot of pop tunes from the era of which like the late 80s into the 90s i should have said this takes place in 96 which is like what sorry 98 yes what a year that was um so with strangers pray at night the whole soundtrack is 80s based and and there's a great and i've talked about this i think on the regular show at one point there's a great scene in that movie which is not a good film but the scene itself actually is a standout where you have lewis pullman basically uh encountering one of the strangers at a at a pool that's kind of abandoned and uh total eclipse of the heart is playing and every time this the stranger and him are fighting in this pool and he's being dragged down uh the song is basically sort of um, like diegetic sound isn't it like, yeah like, and yeah. and and it's it's a really well done piece of 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 direction in terms of you know like the style and and the look but it also works really well and then like in 47 meters uh unhinged there's a scene where you have uh, a diver um welding something in this kind of submerged mayan temple and it he's listening to music and it the song is uh rock sets the look and like you just he he seems to have this thing with with certain music cues of like uh pop hits from the 80s to the 90s and here is no exception especially with uh, uh jennifer page's crush which is just yeah, so ridiculous yeah. um and and i think those moments integrated in this movie work the best i just wish that there were more of of that where like even though to your point what you're saying it's it's more faithful to the first two games and to the the essence of what resident evil is as a whole I was kind of hoping for more of those weird flourishes throughout Mm -hmm. to kind of really Mm -hmm. add to it. And I do think the opening sequence too is actually really quite effective and creepy. Um, 
it's just a lot of it is very takes place in an orphanage and it's yeah. Kind of like, yeah yeah neil mcdonough and uh is is kind of like the main villain of the piece and a lot of people will probably recognize him from saving private ryan and um ravenous and things like that he was also in uh, the first captain america movie um and then uh donald logue is the police uh, captain and, and those guys are really fun because they are just hamming it up you dropped out there for a sec, Eric. But oh, I, think, I was just—I uh... was just going to say that both of those guys, these these veteran character actors, uh, Neil McDonough and 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 Donald Logue, are just hamming it up and having a lot of fun in their in their part. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think they are the most uh, fun in the movie. Um, yeah, I, I actually had a lot of fun with this. Um, I don't think by any means it is a great movie. Um, it is borderline. Uh, no, it's not even a good movie. <laughs> it is a. It's a not so good movie. I don't want to go as far as saying it's a bad movie um, that I had a lot of fun with being a fan of the games and recently playing, you know, uh, Resident Evil 7, um, wanting to play Resident Evil 8. I haven't gotten around to it um, and just loving that kind of blend of single location with ridiculous very video gamey puzzle solving that makes pull out your palm pilots (laughs) yeah which is so silly in a real world sense but in a video game it makes total sense where you're in a old house or a mansion or a police uh station but you have to find different keys and solve different puzzles and put things together to get a key and bring it to one place and i'd never thought i'd see an accurate depiction of that you know in a resident evil movie because like the plot itself zombies kind of boring um it's you know resident evil is a japanese franchise it gets a little ridiculous and and silly and over the top which is kind of fun in that way um but i thought that wouldn't translate very well to film and i think that's kind of why you know the original franchise went a different route and ended up to me being kind of bland and just straight up bad um so then going into this and saying like oh shit they're really going to do an accurate retelling of those first two games and you see the police station and it looks like this ridiculous museum like it is in the game or you see the spencer mansion and it looks exactly like it is in the game and that stuff's very easy to do you just go one for one let's try to make it look like what it is um but then you kind of have you know the actual in the movie um What's her name's character was never even from the games, right? Like uh, Alice. Um, Alice. No, was yeah, yeah. Alice. Uh, yeah. Mila Jovovich's they character. Might, no. Mila Jovovich. Thank you. Um, yeah. I blanked for a second. <laughs> um, uh, she was never actually in the game. She might have been introduced later because of the movies, but don't. Again, I'm not a diehard Resident Evil well, guy. I've just kind of in the, the games. in the Paul W S Anderson franchise, the Claire Redfield character is introduced in the third movie played by Ali Larder, which is the one directed by Russell McCauley. And, and so they do introduce a lot of the times in part two. So yeah, Valentine, I think they introduced Chris Redfield as well. Right. Like I think they introduce a lot of the characters, um, from Albert Wesker is obviously, if you've seen that original franchise, like it gets really ridiculous. He loves sunglasses. He does really love sunglasses. (laughs) And, um, there's, yeah, we'll, we'll save that. But, um, I don't know. I was just like being a fan of the games and only being like a mild fan of the games. I found myself really engaged throughout the whole movie going, 
oh shit, that's really cool that they did that. Or that's really clever how they incorporated some of the puzzle thing or or the mini map that you would have in a video game. Eric mentioned a Palm Pilot and like um, Albert Wesker has this Palm Pilot and he's getting these secret messages and he has to look at this Palm Pilot and it has the map of the Spencer Mansion on the Palm Pilot, just like if you were looking at the map in the video game. And that is to me was a really clever way of putting some of those video gamey elements as like a nod. And I, I mean, something like battleship did that in, in an even more ridiculous way with it being a board game and they're actually at war going B 52 or whatever. Um, but in this, I thought those little things and only the little nod to the puzzle solving and secret doors and stuff. I'm like, Oh shit, that is, is really, really cool. And I think taking those first two games and using that as the, kind of building blocks to the movies uh, makes for an engaging and sort of fun movie. Like I found myself laughing either at how bad it was or laughing at some of the music choices being really inspired or funny. Um, uh, I think when it comes to the CG um, and the, like the, you know, overall look of the movie, it obviously looks still kind of cheap. It almost does have that, canadian production kind of look matt it, it looks because um, i rewatched the first yeah. resident evil this year it looks exactly but, the same from the yeah, first resident yeah, evil movie yeah. which was in the the early 2000s yes and that's what i mean where like and i i'm kind of fine because it takes place in 98 and and, and stuff like that like uh, i'm i can get away with certain things but um it doesn't like it looks pretty cheap, especially when it comes to the CG and the, and the monsters, like the designs are cool. Cause they are straight from the games, the zombie, there's certain shots, you know, the classic one on the cover of resident evil with the white kind of faced zombie looking back at the camera. Like they incorporate those very obvious nods to the franchise. Um, but all that kind of stuff cheaply and kind of works. And like, um, so I found myself going, yeah, this movie's bad, but I'm sort of having fun with it because I like the video games enough. And I think if you're a, like a diehard, hardcore Resident Evil fan, I think you're going to eat this shit up and really enjoy it for what it is. And you're not really going to care because I think this is like the best version of a Resident Evil movie you possibly could kind of get or you need. Like, I, I don't think the Resident Evil movies need a higher budget. I don't necessarily think the quality needs to be much higher than this. I think it uh, it could, but you might as well just go make an original zombie story if you really want something of of that. Like I feel like this is authentically Resident Evil because the Resident Evil games are silly. They are kind of dumb. Um like at least when it comes to the story. Um when it comes to what makes the Resident Evil games, you know, scary or or things like that, this is a problem I think a lot of video game movies have where you know, you play these video games. So a lot of the tension, a lot of the excitement, a lot of, you know, is the attachment to the characters even is because you are controlling these characters and um you know when you have to kind of walk through the mansion in a quiet way and a zombie pops out that's a little bit more scary when i think you're in control or you're just playing it on a tv and you're uber focused when you have that in a movie like this it ends up becoming a little bit dull because i feel like zombies are just a little bit dull and and nothing is necessarily scary and when it comes to the makeup and the cg like i already mentioned it's not super great so even though you have those two panes of action of the police station and the Spencer mansion, um, the movie escalates and you get crazier and crazier resident evil monsters. But 
Um, I feel like there's nothing super exciting when it comes to either the action or the scares or anything like that. Um, I think the other thing fans will think is very interesting is the depiction of Leon Kennedy in the movie, because like, (laughs) I I feel like um, he's kind of portrayed as a moron and he's he's not, and he's not that in the games. So I feel like fans of that character um, might not love what they did with him in these in this movie specifically. But um, I but like I, that though. I think same, that that's interesting yeah. in terms of the juxtaposition of of Claire, who's kind of the the main character of this story. Where when she returns to Raccoon City, she's been basically fending for herself ever since she was a child, and we learn of why she left and why she ran away from the orphanage and things like that. And um, I think that that kind of works where like you see her very capable in, in uh, a, basically a, an apocalyptic situation uh, in, in this microcosm, you know, in this, in this small abandoned ghost town basically. But um, yeah, like I, I, again, I don't know Leon Kennedy that well, but like seeing him in this movie, like, it, it it's kind of also playing against the trope of like, you know, the rookie cop who's kind of quiet and unassuming, who's usually the guy that saves everybody yeah. in horror movies. But this time around, he's just kind of, you know, dead weight in a lot of yeah. ways. And I like that because, I mean, in the second game, I'm pretty sure it's um you choose who you want to play as either Claire or Leon and it's the same kind of game and you play as one and then play as the other. And it just depending on who you selected first and who you played first. Um, it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like that. And I think even the juxtaposition between the members of like the, um, like the stars team, right? Because like, they're all kind of like, you know, special forces kind of dudes. And I think having his kind of bumbling rookie cop thing, I think works because you have him over there with Claire and then you have the stars team over at the, uh, the mansion. Right. And then, um, so I kind of like that, um, as well, but I just feel like people who maybe love that character, I don't think he's portrayed as much of a moron in the games as he is here, but that could even be building. And like, I do hope that they, uh, do more of these because like, I feel like they are cheap and cheap and cheerful. Um, um, if again, sort of, I had fun with it where I really do think that, you know, you can build that character up and you start him off as a bumbling rookie kind of idiot and you don't want him to be kind of too OP or overpowered right away. And then you kind of can build that character up because I think Leon ends up being like a pretty, like a lead in, is it Resident Evil four? I think people really love, and he's the lead in that unless that's, chris again again people who are huge resident evil fans you'll have even more than i have like watching this movie but um yeah i kind of had fun with it man like i don't i think the music choices were um uh fun there were many times where i kind of just laughed at you know uh, just how bad it was um and i remember like looking over to you or, or saying something to you under my breath as we were watching and um it's that those moments that I was just like, you know what? Like I can buy into that for this kind of movie. Like it's I don't, more campy than House of Gucci. 
Yeah, which we just reviewed, which you guys can check out. Um, and it, I think that level of camp and ridiculousness is sort of part of the Resident Evil franchise. And I think that kind of works. And it seems like Johannes Roberts either, um, you know, was a huge fan of the games or um, at least knew exactly what he kind of was making with this. And I don't think it kind of strives to be anything more than that. And I'm kind of appreciate it for that. Um, like, and we thought like, Ghostbusters as well, right? Like we went back and forth on that and like how many nods you put in and nostalgia baiting and just like, uh, you know, I think this movie has a lot of that as well. Um, but because it's just adapting something, are those nods or is it just adapting the story from the first game? Right. Like you put right. in a lot of stuff that's just in that first game. It's not necessarily nods. So I think it's playing on your nostalgia of those first couple games a bit, but those games did get remade recently and then people really love those remakes. And I think this kind of, again, not a great movie, um, but I did have fun with it and I like the two locations. I don't necessarily think it's scary or all that exciting, but um I um, I like how faithful it was to those first two stories. So you found it more tasty than itchy overall. Um, <laughs> One where, of the moments I laughed at. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are many times that you can laugh at this movie where like you're laughing at it, but maybe not at a, in a mean spirited way, but you're just kind of like, okay, this movie knows what it, it is. It's it, very yes. goofy and over the top. And like, like even Neil McDonough's character, like there are moments where like, there's a couple split diopters that are kind of fun, but like, you know, his character always being like, they're after my life's work. They're going to ruin me. And then like, he takes his family down to this bunker in one scene. It's so ridiculous. It's like why his family would be there is, is and the one shirt thing. he's wearing is also hilarious. And like, just thinking about like, if you squint while watching him, he looks like Kelsey Grammer at times, um, which I also think is quite funny. Um, I also did appreciate the framing device and narrative structure being basically a real time countdown clock. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of like, is basically counting down to 6 a.m. specifically. Um, and that also reminded me a little bit of Return of the Living Dead, where like that also kind of plays in like this real-time kind of scenario of, you know, the military intervening uh, at the end of that movie. Um, but I think what kind of does it in for me a little bit are is the faithfulness to it. Like, I appreciate that this is more faithful than the Paul W.S. Anderson movie, and this movie is kind of being respectful to the material and the genre, but I think because it plays within it. So it goes, it, it colors within the line so much that it, it, that when it does kind of go out of it with the, with Roberts's kind of sort of signature style or trademarks as a vulgar auteur, um, it, it, it's like, you want more of that. You want right. more of the weirdness and the fun. And when it happens, you savor it and enjoy it for as long as you can. Like even this close up shot of like a, a, a half eaten hamburger, like, like those moments are the most entertaining. The but hamburger think, is straight from the game. I think though. Yeah. But I, I, I think some of the, the genre stuff specifically is what kind of bogs it down and specifically you mentioned already zombies are kind of yeah. the least interesting movie monster. Um, you can tell also that some of it is very much on a budget where like you're looking at like a close up of, you know, this police station gate being kind of, you know, hoarded at and it's all in close up in the way that like James Cameron shot a lot of his stuff in aliens where like you think that there are more zombies than there actually sure. are where in aliens, he only had five, 
guys in alien suits. So like he kind of had to shoot to make it look like it was more than what it was. Um, so I find like some of that becomes a little bit tedious after a while. And it's just going through these motions of, okay, like we're watching a person, you know, with a flashlight walking around in the dark, waiting for something to jump out or, you know, some creepy music to play or cut back to the police station or cut back to the Spencer mansion. It just, it it's not it, my work in a video game, but doesn't necessarily yeah, the repetition yeah. of it doesn't work. And it, and it, and it feels like you're just watching what, it, what do you call them again in, in video game cutscenes, cut yeah. scenes. Like it just, it feels yeah. like you're watching cutscenes and missing the gameplay, right? Yeah. Where the gameplay and the story of resident evil. Yeah. It gets more and more convoluted. It gets a little bit more silly. Like it even starts that way. Like I like the, umbrella corporation and this you know this evil corporation that's kind of ruined this small town but then the small town can have a helicopter and a special uh, special forces team because (laughs) because like it's just like it's so stupid but then like those are the elements like yes exactly and so it does make sense in the world that they've created even if it's really silly and like and and i totally agree with you where um, it does seem like you're watching the cutscenes straight from a video game, but missing those gameplay elements, right? Because it almost like it skips to the end of the gameplay where the person's already dealt with, you know, whatever puzzle or whatever zombie they've had to kill and, and things like that. And that tension from the game of you playing it or having to solve the puzzle or find the key as Nemesis is chasing you or a zombie's walking slowly and they get more and more coming after you. Like that's just kind of lost in translation, I think, when it comes to uh, the movie. And I feel like a lot of video game movies have that problem, right? Because usually why you love a video game is because it has great gameplay. Like, people didn't go to video games for great stories, and I think, until fairly recently. Like, storytelling in video games has gotten a lot better in the last 10 years or so. I think Resident Evil, you know, it worked because it was a horror game. It worked because it was this weird horror puzzle game. Like those are the best elements I love from Resident Evil and like playing Resident Evil 7 recently. Like I'm way late to the game on a lot of these things. And I have Resident Evil 2 remake and I have Resident Evil 3 remake that I want to go back um, and uh, and play. Like it's those elements that I really, really love. The story of Resident Evil, again, like I'm a fan of the games, but I'm like, I didn't retain much of that other than umbrella is evil and there are monsters and they turned a bunch of people into monsters like and i know the characters right but i don't know the minutia and there are some people who probably with like a lot of video game franchises are like hardcore into the lore and hardcore into the story and the characters and i think they'll be both excited about this and then obviously with some of the changes some people can get a little testy with that but i totally agree with you that i think while I still ultimately enjoyed it, I feel like it could have gone even further with some of those, you know, trashy or fun elements. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, like you said, flipping back and forth and it's just people walking, you know, with a gun and a flashlight through a hallway, it's like that might work in a game, but it doesn't necessarily work completely in a movie. Um, I'm excited to see weirdly like where they go after this and if they do like i feel like it'll be probably pretty profitable i think it only cost 25 million dollars which is which went all to the music cues like all the music licensing (laughs) yeah because i think you could jump right into resident evil 3 uh nemesis and introduce nemesis um which i think now is nemesis um, wasn't he a person before 
or yeah, was so that that's only why in the video or was that in the Paul W.S. Anderson movie only? No, I'm pretty sure. Again, when we come to uh, the minutia of the actual details of Resident Evil, I lost. Let's like, look, I don't want to spoil things in case it's actually um, a thing. So it seems like Resident Evil 3 is a prequel to no, because then that would have been what happened in this movie at the same thing. Um, interesting i don't know but i know people really love resident evil 4 um which i think stars leon yeah um leon not the actor leon Leon no 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 leon kennedy um and this is how ridiculous it gets because i'm not spoiling future i mean okay everyone i gave i'll give the movie a three out of five uh a soft pass because I mean, no, a pass. I enjoyed it. I weirdly enjoyed it. I um don't think it's a great movie. Um, but I think if you are a fan of the games, this is a movie that I will truly say is for the fans, not the critics. Where, um, <laughs> I I really do think like if you're a fan of the Resident Evil games, there will be a lot of stuff in here. Even if you don't love the movie, you'll be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I think there's enough to make it worth watching. So I give it a three out of five. I am going to give it a two out of five, but that two out of five is a very high two out of five, especially when considering it's the highest I have ever rated a Resident Evil movie. Um, It is the best Resident Evil movie I've ever seen. (laughs) There you go. We got him. We got him. Okay. Spoilers for Resident Evil games if you don't want to listen to that uh, because I want to talk about it a little bit. Since it's our 300th episode, um, I'll let you guys leave if you don't want to hear. But so, Eric... Resident Evil 4, it takes place in a, you know, uh, here, I'll, I'll read the plot synopsis. Players control U.S. government special agent Leon S. Kennedy, who was sent on a mission to rescue the U.S. president's daughter, <laughs> Ashley Graham, who has been kidnapped by a cult. In a rural part of Europe, Leon <laughs> fights hordes of villagers infected by a mind-controlling parasite uh, and reunites with the spy uh, Ada Wong which uh, we, who we saw at the end of this movie in the post credit sequence with uh, sunglass lover, uh, Albert West, or Wesker, Wesker. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sunglasses. Um, and people really like that. Cause it's like in a small town and it has kind of like a different, uh, a small European town. And it has this kind of different vibe than the first three games did. Um, which will just be shot outside of Ontario. <laughs> it's yeah I, yeah uh yeah he it's a village in spain um but yeah this and she gets abducted uh, abducted by a cult and then man resident evil um five which i think people don't like um chris redfield comes back there and it takes place in africa um so <laughs> uh and then maybe problematic <laughs> uh resident evil six no six is the one people don't like do they like five this is where it gets it gets so convoluted and ridiculous like i mentioned the u.s president right um which actually almost sounds like a plot line out of like escape from new york or escape from la so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sorry i'm taking a drink and then i just played resident evil seven uh which was awesome and takes place in um uh, uh basically you it's a new character named ethan he's terrible in the games though like the voice actor and just the character so unfortunately 
you have to play it as this guy, but um, it's at a, a derelict plantation in Louisiana, and it's all these like you know hillbilly people, and like it's it's really weird, but really really fun. But then this like weird plantation has all these puzzles and keys and stuff, and that's how ridiculous the game just are because they're unabashedly video games, right? Like they don't care. Like they try to make the that stuff work in whatever world they've built, but there's no reason for there to be puzzles and secret walls and stuff in all of these places, but it's just kind of fun. So that's why I like that this movie just kind of sort of, um, you know, wears that on its sleeve, even if it's not super great. Um, anyways, we'll see where the franchise goes. Who knows? Do you think they'll make another one, Eric? I mean, this- as long as it makes it's money back all it needs to make is 30 million dollars right like yeah which it, i think it, it will i mean if they made 47 meters unhinged you know the sure. sequel i mean it should have been 48 meters down but um you know i i think that there is a possibility there it, it i think what would be most interesting if it does if this becomes a franchise um you know at what point do they maybe do like their own version of like a multiverse or something like that where they try to bring back in mila jovovich even like i could see them doing that i could they could though i mean that series is popular enough especially internationally where um if it does well which i think this could if it's the last movie made 312 million dollars on a 40 million dollar budget so yeah. like but look where yeah. look where it made that money right like you got to see where where it did well like it didn't maybe necessarily make that money in the u.s it, it did really well you know outside of north america um but yeah i i could honestly see like again because if paul Tom- paul w paul thomas anderson paul ws anderson if he's still involved with it I could see them doing that. And with like the whole multiverse thing being so hot right now, um, it, like I, I just have this weird feeling that they would probably want to bring her into it at some point. I don't know. Right. Fair. Anyways, thank you all. I hope you enjoyed this very special uh, 300th episode of Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, here's to the next uh, 300. Eric, predictions on what episode 400 will be. Resident so you got a thing. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Um, oh God, yes. Um, please go check out our other reviews we have up right now. Uh, we have reviews up for House of Gucci. Uh, we have reviews up for Encanto, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, we reviewed a whole bunch the other day too. What else did we review? Um, uh, well, we have Hawkeye, which... Uh, oh, yeah. Hawkeye yeah. we just posted today. Yeah. First two episodes of Hawkeye, you guys can check out. Tick, tick, uh, boom. Tick, speaking tick, of boom. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Uh, King Richard uh, and much more. Uh, I mentioned the Ghostbusters Afterlife spoiler cast that's over on the Conversations channel. And we'll be back next week with the new Untitled Movie podcast. We're just taking this week off because we gave everyone the Ghostbusters spoiler cast. Uh, on YouTube, easiest way to find us is just Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, on podcast services, just search for those three shows we just mentioned. Uh, the easiest spot, Untitled underscore Movies over on Letterboxd. Everything's over there. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly on UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. 
And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. It's just, just a little crush, crush, just like our fate every time we touch.